Welcome to Mammal Talk, the companion podcast to the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. It's season three, and we're talking about the Chaos Cup. Welcome to episode 22. Season three has gotten way. It's our biggest season yet, our biggest competition. It's been a blast so far. We have so many great new coaches, lots of interesting teams in this competition. It's already been a very exciting season, and uh, we're going to talk about all of the teams that have signed up here for this first season of the competition. So without further ado, let's get into it. I am joined this week by my friend, Artificial Bunny, fellow coach, fellow Blood Bowl player. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> squeak, squeak, indeed. You're coaching a Skaven team this season. Going pretty well for you so far. Yeah, they've always been my favorite team, and I'm glad to be doing them a little bit of justice, at least. Yeah, we have a lot of Skaven teams in this competition uh, and we'll go over each and every one of them. But first, uh, let's let's talk about how our league, how the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League works for anybody that's new to the league. We have four competitions per season, three of which are open. They're open to anybody who wishes to play. If they've played Blood Bowl before, if they've never played Blood Bowl before and want to try it, they can come in at any one of those three competitions. They commit to a single competition, so you don't have to play all three. You can play one or two or all three. The rules are structured in such a way that if you miss a competition, even if you miss two competitions, you're not out of it. You can still participate with a fresh team and try to make it to the championship competition. That's the fourth one. That's the Invitational. Only the top teams from the season, from the previous three open competitions, will advance to the Blood Bowl, and they'll duke it out in a single elimination bracket to determine who the season champion's going to be. We're in season number three. We've had two champions so far, Nick Satan in season one, Clypheus in season two. We might crown a new one here this season, but of course, those two coaches have returned and they'll be looking to either defend their title or reclaim it. So uh, I think we have a pretty interesting um, meta going on, don't you think? We, like the, the teams that are here in the Chaos Cup are very, very interesting. Yeah, it's been kind of a delightful mix. Last couple seasons were so bashy and it's nice to see some of the more agile teams hitting the spotlight. Yeah, we... We went from a, a pretty heavily bashy season last season to now, I think the meta shifted a little more towards the Agile teams. We have a lot of Agile teams, lots of Elves participating, lots of Skaven teams participating. We even have, we have Amazons and can you believe it? We've got a Kislev team too. So uh, maybe not, maybe not <laughs> Agile in the traditional sense, but uh, Agile in the vertical sense. <laughs> we'll talk about them in a bit. Each competition, uh, again, is an open competition. The format of the competition is based on how many coaches are participating. For our first competition of the season, it's the Chaos Cup. This is a divisional competition, so the teams got divided into two equal divisions. They'll play round robin with each other within their divisions, and the top two teams from each division will then advance to a top four cut to a single elimination bracket. We are currently in week number four, and... Uh, yeah, with a with a Chaos Cup being the first competition of the season, everybody is required to start with a fresh team. So everybody's coming in with a TB1000 team. Nobody has skilled up. Uh, it's very interesting to see how these coaches leverage the teams they've chosen. 
because some teams are better at higher TVs. Some teams are better at lower TVs. So the teams that want to improve to get to their sweet spot, you have to play a little differently when the, when the team is fresh. You have to focus on getting those skills before you can start focusing on what makes the team good. So it's been a very interesting uh, few weeks here so far. And why don't, you know what? I've got, I've got you here with me. Artificial Bunny, why don't we just talk about your team, the Poker Ratman. A Skaven team. Right. Yeah, a Skaven team. They are defined. But well, you know what? Why don't you take it away with this? This is your team. Why don't you tell me how your team works? Well, I'd say speed is what they're all about mm-hmm. and uh, flimsiness a little bit. But <laughs> uh, in terms of the flimsiness, I kind of decided to try out the Rat Ogre this time and have really been enjoying it. (laughs) Um, Previous times I've used a Skaven team, I went with an all gutter runner uh, lineup to start with and ended up kind of falling apart rather quickly. I feel like the Rat Ogre gives it a little bit more survivability, just being able to punch some holes and not throw away your entire team at trying to get down the pitch. The Rat Ogre, the big guy on the Skaven team, uh, they have, what do they have? They have Mighty Blow and they have Frenzy, Prehensile Tail. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're a wild animal. That's mm-hmm. their nega trait. Skaven teams can field four gutter runners, right? Yes. How many did you bring? I went with three. And is that because you went with the Rat Ogre? Yes. And eventually I'll probably pick up the fourth gutter runner, but it's not a huge priority because there's a lot you can do with just three. There is. They are... One of the best pieces in the game of Blood Bowl, in my opinion. They have an MA of nine. They have an AG of four. That is silly talk. That is madness. They're <laughs> balanced out by the fact that they only have a strength of two and an AV of seven. But they also come with dodge. So not only can they get to where they need to go, they're a little bit more resilient on the block dice. Uh, between block and dodge, if you're talking about not getting knocked down, dodge is the better one. And they're just ridiculous <laughs> they're, they're they're really really good i've turned minon into a bit of a ball hawk with the wrestle strip ball and two heads uh, minon is your uh, is your level four gutter runner right yes yeah. level four after only four games so uh, <laughs> i got pretty lucky pretty crazy he's got two heads wrestle and strip ball so he's going to be uh he's going to be a cage buster no Oh, absolutely. Um, there's also, you can pick up a thrower, and you have one. They are pretty standard thrower. Their stat line is 7337. They have pass and sure hands. Um, and that's just for, uh, that allows you to pick up the ball a little better, and of course gives you a passing game, yeah? Oh, yeah. Although the gutter runners in this version, having a V4, are just about as good at throwing as the... Uh thrower itself yeah so. <laughs> in in this version of blood bowl and we're we play via blood bowl 2 and it uses a um, very slight variation of the lrb6 ag4 is very very strong right because you're making so many agility rolls yeah. and they're all based on that stat in the new version of the rules they've split out passing and agility but here man if you're ag4 shoo, you could, you could do everything everything except block maybe mm-hmm and I was thinking the sure hands might be nice if someone else gets a strip ball as well. Yeah, sure hands negates the strip ball skill. So we've talked about gutter runners. We've talked about rat ogres. Uh, the Skaven Blitzers are called Storm Vermin. Pretty standard Blitzer. They come with the block skill, but uh, perhaps more importantly, they have uh, that one point increase in armor value, which makes them uh, 
a lot more resilient on the pitch. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're crucial for starting out to give you give yourself like someone who can block and not worry quite as much about getting just like destroyed on the other player's turn. Yeah, AV8 gives you it's I would call that an average armor value and you get the block skill which you need because nobody else has it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you fielded two of those. And then, of course, there are the linemen. The standard players are 7337. They come with no skills whatsoever. Uh, not very resilient. They're pretty fragile. They're still fairly fast with an MA of 7. Strength is average. AG is average. I think a decent lineman for 50K. Not bad at all, in my opinion. Absolutely. Explain to me how a Skaven team, gener- generally speaking, how does a Skaven team play on both offense and defense? Oh, man. On offense, a lot of times you're just kind of trying to get your ball just forward enough that the gutter runner can run it into the end zone unopposed. And on defense, you're just trying not to die. (laughs) (laughs) So would you say on offense, generally uh, a Skaven team would probably be scoring early uh, unless they can at all help it. Yeah. Uh, Not necessarily. I've discovered that trying to run out the clock a little bit and withdraw is a good tactic for them because if the other team can score back with too many turns, then basically you've just <laughs> handed them a win in a way. Right. They could win uh, two to one. So, uh, But if you do stall, because you're so fragile, you're in danger of just taking more and more blocks. So you mentioned withdrawing. What sort of tactic can you employ to try to stall, but not get beat up in the process? Well, as we saw Berserker Tempest do in his last game, if you take your whole team and go back into kind of your own end zone area for a turn or two, the opposing team has to really struggle to either keep up or keep the pressure on to get you to move ahead. And uh, it can be a really valuable tactic in keeping your own players alive for a couple turns before you start chucking the ball downfield. And I don't know. I like it. <laughs> On defense, uh, against Bash versus, say, Agile. So against a Bashy team, are you just running away and trying to keep your guys not in base-to-base contact? For the most part, yeah. And you're still looking out for those openings where you can attack the ball carrier, because if the ball goes on the floor, it is the Skaven's ball now. (laughs) It's very true. Those gutter runners are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, are there any uh, any key skill pickups on uh, like when you look at this uh, these positionals for Skaven? Do you say this is the skill I'm going to pick up when I level them up to level two? Oh man, it it depends on what you roll. Really, I got doubles on one of my linemen, so I was like, man, block would be probably the best, but sneaky get is just so tempting. And then <laughs> uh, anytime you get doubles. The mutations are a really tempting pickup as well. Yeah, sneaky get means that uh, if you take a foul, if you don't get anything out of that foul, if you don't break armor and you roll doubles, hey, you're good. You're fine. The ref didn't see it. And that's uh, that's a pretty big get for a team, I think, that, that basically makes fouling pretty safe. Like, you'll do it every turn. Oh, absolutely. To try to take a, a key player off the pitch from your opponent. Your record currently, uh, after your week four game, is 3-0-1. How are you feeling about your chances so far? You have three weeks left in regular play. I've got some tough weeks ahead of me, so we'll see. (laughs) 
Fair enough. You're currently in first place in Division A. You are followed by the Masters of Mammal, a Dark Elf team coached by El Nuberino. Uh, dark Elves are uh, the the tough elves, I would say. They have that extra AV. They have the AV of eight. Ah, oh, it is such a good team. It is. I think all of the Elven teams are, well, Elven Union's a little tricky. But uh, yeah, Dark Elves are... First of all, AV8 on an elf is great because it's still an elven team. You have AG4, right? Elves are defined by AG4 across the board. And uh, that is why they garner so much ire, I think. Yeah, it it's kind of like a human team, but w- with more versatility in my mind. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Having gotten block on a couple of his linemen, that's a really beastly team he's building. Yeah, he has a pretty strong team. Uh, TV 1000, though, for Dark Elves, they start out with not a whole lot of skills, right? It depends on who you pick up, of course. You do, I think, I think the really important player on a Dark Elf team is the Witch Elf. Uh, the Witch Elf is uh, a frenzy player that a Dark Elf team can pick up. And man, she can be a, a real nuisance, <laughs> I, I think. But conversely, she's very expensive and it makes her a target, right? She'll go after those surfs a lot, but man, you got to watch out for her. She has leap too, I believe. Um, uh, jump jump up. up. That's what she has. Jump up. Jump up uh, allows her to stand up without spending three MA. It also allows her to block from a prone position provided she uh, rolls a D six. So she's really fast and really annoying, um, but she's, <laughs> she's really yeah. expensive and El Nubrino has not picked her up yet. He doesn't have a witch elf, which I think uh, the rest of the digi- uh, division is is happy about. Yeah, the other thing about the witch elves is they can be a little more fragile since they are AV7, unlike the rest of the team. That's a good point. Yeah, they are AV7. Um, so are the runners. Runners are AV7. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, you pick up a dark elf team, you say, I've got AV8, that's great. But yeah, AV7... There's a big difference between AV7 and AV8, and that makes her a little more fragile, and she's a lot more expensive. So that's something to look out for when you have a Witch Elf on your roster. Uh, he can field, uh, he, El Nuberino, but really, Dark Elves can field four Blitzers on their roster. Of course, the Blitzers come with the block skill. Um, stat line's pretty pretty good, I have to say. Uh, these Blitzers, they're uh, MA of 7, Strength of 3, AG of 4, AV of 8. That's one of the best Blitzers out of the box, in my opinion. Yeah, and Duncan picking up Dodge on on there, so good. <laughs> yeah, El Nuberino, uh has leveled up one of his Blitzers. He has a Blodger now. Block and Dodge means there's only one face. That's the uh, Pal, the Defender Down. Uh, I think it's called Defender Down. Face on the block die. That's the only thing that's going to knock a player down on a block unless there's a skill that negates something like like Tackle or something. So yeah, I, I, this is a pretty solid pretty solid team so far and we haven't even talked about the other positional right the runners the runners come in that's the other uh that's the other differentiated positional they have uh seven three four seven as their stat line but they have dump off and dump off is a unique skill that uh you don't you don't see used too often particularly on a dark elf team a lot of people will call a dark elf team the running elves which i think is a bit of a misnomer but they are more resilient. They can take more blocks. They, they're a little bit safer on the running game than some of the other elves are. So you do tend to see them run the ball more than other elves. But dump off on a runner allows him to make a quick pass before a block is thrown at him. So if somebody, 
Uh, if an opponent comes up and declares a block, he says, hold up a minute. I'm going to make a quick pass. The quick pass is the shortest pass you can make. That would be orthogonally three spaces. So two spaces diagonally, three spaces orthogonally. He can just quickly dump that ball off to another player before the block goes through. Can be a way to keep the ball safe. Uh, we haven't seen it used yet by El Nuberino. What do you think about Dark Elf Runners? Um, I say even more important than dump off is their access to the passing skills when they level up mm. so he could get like um leader and save himself a bunch of money on an extra reroll or accurate make himself a better passer something like that leader would allow his team to have an extra reroll provided the leaders on the pitch um and that's a i think a pretty common skill up for a, a dark elf runner in my opinion yeah, but great player, great team. That extra movement that he got on uh, Stratos is also going to be really good for him. Having a movement eight player is going to make a lot of difference, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you get lucky on the uh, if you get lucky on the skill on the level up roll, you can increase one of your stats. He got uh, he has a MA eight Blitzer. Uh, that's that's a lot of speed. It's a lot of speed. That's Skaven territory right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that runner could pick up, um, I don't know, he could pick up pass, as you mentioned, uh, nerves of steel is another passing skill he can pick up. I don't know, sure hands, maybe. Uh, he has a lot of options available to him. The the linemen for this roster, they're a little expensive at 70k. They have a stat line of 6348. That's not a bad stat line at all, but they have no skills. I'd say that they're better than the Wood Elf linemen. And the Wood Elf linemen are amazing. So, Wood Elf linemen are what? 7347? Seven, seven? Is that right? Yes. So these are basically the same, but with a little more armor. Yeah, I would argue significantly more armor. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so a Dark Elf team, uh, we mentioned on, on offense, they tend to run just because they have a little more resiliency. They can by all means pass. I mean, they have the AG for it. As you mentioned, the runner still has access to passing skills. You cannot sleep on a passing game with any elf team whatsoever. Um, but on defense, they have a little more options, in my opinion, than other elves. Right? Other elves tend to fall back. They, they don't want to take those hits. They don't want to get marked. I think a dark elf team can get a little more aggressive with their defense. Right? They can stay. They can keep their defensive formation in front of the offense, but then start pressuring the back of the cage, too, with a couple of players. Yeah, especially once they get assassins and witch elves, they can really Man, turn on even, the heat with that We didn't offense. even talk about the assassins. Uh, El Nubrino doesn't have one on his roster, but the uh, the assassins, they have the stab skill. So basically, they just roll stab uh, and then go through armor, right? And then just take their block. Not only that, but they can shadow, which means if somebody tries to dodge away, there's a chance that the assassin is going to follow him space by <laughs> space for space. <laughs> so they they can be uh they can be nasty players. Yeah. They're a really big target when they're on the pitch, but they're good. Yeah, they are very, very good. Uh the Masters of Mammal are currently undefeated. The only remaining undefeated team in Division A, they're three O and O. They have uh yet to play the week four game against my team, which we'll talk about in a bit. Boy, that's gonna be a game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's next? McLeod's Maulers, coached by the Highlander, new to the league. This is a Necro team. We've seen Necro teams before. Dead Fred coached yeah. one last season. Man, 
I'd say Necro is my second favorite team. Really? What do you like about Necro teams? Well, the theming's great. I like the undead team, but having those werewolves and the flesh golems combined with the ghouls, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Highlander here, he has a, a uh, of course, he has a 11 man roster. It's a new coach, or it's a new team. <laughs> but um, Necro teams have a, a bunch of different skills that are. Uh, pretty or a bunch of different positionals that are pretty varied, um, and they they work they sync together really well in my opinion. Uh, the flesh golems are their um, big guys, I guess. They they don't have a nega trait. They have stand firm. Their stat line is four four two nine, so they have that important strength four. Right, strength three is average. If an average player with strength three comes up to you, he's going to need two assists to get the two die block. That's huge. And on top of that, with uh, Stand Firm, there's a chance that you're just going to stay put, right? Unless uh, Juggernaut or something's in play or you choose not to stay put. Those Flesh Golems can just control the pitch, right? They're very, uh, very good at this. With the AV9, they're really hard to take off the pitch as well. AV9 is so huge. It's such a big, uh, such a big amount, hefty amount of, of AV. I mean, that's that's Dwarven AV. Uh, so I, I really like Flesh Golems. Uh, that gives you pitch control. You can feel two of them. And uh, the Highlander indeed has two werewolves as well. You can feel two werewolves, uh, maybe the star of the show on a Necro team. Werewolves, boy, what <laughs> they're fantastic. They're very expensive. They come in at 120k, but uh, eight three three eight is their stat line. That is not bad at all. They have frenzy and claw. Claw treats everybody's AV value as seven. They are scary. <laughs> yeah, they. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> I'd say so they're they are the best player on in Blood Bowl in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I I can't really argue against that. They're I mean AV seven now now dwarves are are scared of you right now now uh, tomb guardians are scared of you. Uh, AV uh, claw is a really 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 good skill. It's a mutation skill. Werewolves come with it right out of the gate, and then frenzy gives you two blocks, so you're getting two claw blocks. Uh, so now your opponents have to worry about being surfed, and they have to worry about if they're not getting surfed, they might still come off the pitch anyway. Very scary player, I think. Yeah, and it goes along with the flesh golems for pitch control, and just like really helps with that. Mm-hmm. The flesh golems can uh, control the pitch, uh, allow a werewolf to target where he wants to go, get the assist that he needs pretty easily on the on the frenzy follow-up. It's a great combo. Ghoul's not bad either. Necro has access to ghouls. Ghouls have a stat line of 7337. Not as resilient. Seven's pretty fragile, but they do have the dodge skill. And you can bet that the very first skill that they're going to pick up is the block skill as well, making them a level two blodger, as we see on the Highlanders roster. Yeah. The scary part about ghouls is they don't have regeneration. So uh... <laughs> that's true. Once, once they go down, you're really rolling those dice. Every other player on a Necro team has regen, and that's uh, he doesn't have access to an oppo. He has a Necromancer instead, uh, except for the ghoul. <laughs> so the ghoul, <laughs> the ghoul, once he's down, he's 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 down, and you don't have an oppo to to try to keep him safe. So it can be a little scary with those ghouls. Uh, the whites are the Blitzers. The whites have a stat line of six three three eight. They have the block skill as well as regen. I think that's a decent Blitzer. I think they're not bad. Oh yeah, it's a it's a great blitzer. I I think they're outshone by the werewolf, but they're just like a really solid player. They make a good ball carrier, also if if the ghoul goes down. 
Indeed, they have the block scale that makes them a little more resilient, and they're decent speed. I mean, MA6 is not bad. Yeah. And then the linemen on the Necro team, that's a zombie. Zombies are cheap. They're 40k. They don't really do anything. MA of 4, strength of 3, AG of 2, AV of 8. They do have regen, but they're really there just to take some hits, yeah? Yeah, they get in the way. That's all they really need to do. <laughs> that's, and, all a, that's all a good lineman needs to do. Yeah, having two of them with block is really good. I'm surprised he was able to level two of them up already. Yeah, the Highlander has uh, two leveled up to level two here in week, uh, going into week three. How do you think a, a, a Necro team plays? I think Necro is one of the teams in Blood Bowl that has the most options as to how they want to play. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're, they have enough uh, speed with most of their team to uh, kind of catch up to most of the other teams or outspeed. And having the Frenzy and Stand Firm really gives them some good pitch control. And yeah, basically just solid, versatile team. They can do pretty much everything. Yeah, if you're a Necro coach, I think it's really all about just leveraging your skills to the best of your ability, which can be tricky for a new coach. You want to make sure that you're getting the pitch control with the flesh golems, which works out into good frenzy blocks with your werewolves to get your ghouls into position, to get your blitzes or your blocks with your whites, to get your zombies to mark the guys you need to mark. Really, you know, the sky's the limit with uh, how you want to play a Necro team. And I, I think that's why they're so good. They're just so versatile. Yeah. Once they get all those positionals, that's when the team really starts to sing and the Highlander is really close to that. He is. Uh, he has a record of 2-0-1, currently in third place in Division A, having a good showing for his debut here. Uh, and I wish him all the luck, except against me, then I wish him terrible luck. <laughs> Next up, we have a lizard team. It's coached by War Horseman. War Horseman, returning from Season 2, he coached a Chaos Dwarf team in Season 2. He's brought a, a lizard team this season and uh, doing all right with it. Lizards are strong. <laughs> I think if I had to define... Oh, yeah. Define lizards, it's strength. They have the Sauruses, right? The Sauruses are the piece that everybody's afraid of. They all have uh, a strength of four. Their stat line is 6419. Very resilient, very strong. All that strength makes it so hard to take blocks against a lizard team. Yeah, and War Horseman has the Croxagor as well, which adds even more strength on top of that. Yeah, the, of the joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Crocs is a strength five player. It's the big guy, has Mighty Blow, has Prehensile Tail, is boneheaded. That's the negatrate for the Crocs. Uh, lizards only have three positionals. They have the Sauruses, they have the Crocs, and then, of course, they have the Skinks. The Skinks are the fragile players on the roster. They have a stat line of 8237, but they are stunty and they have dodge very fast, and they can just dodge through lines no problem. So, on offense, they can dodge through and apply pressure on the back of the cage. On defense, they can do that, rather. On offense, they can just, if you're not careful, they can dodge through your defensive line and score. It's, they're, they're really good, but they're also the targets, right? So when we look at the Sarses, we look at the Crocs, they all have an AG, AG of one. That's pitiful. They'll, they're never picking up a ball, ever. The Skinks <laughs> are going to be the ball carriers. And they're fragile, so they are the targets for anyone. Any opposing coach is going to go after the skinks, and if you lose your skinks, you lose your ability to play the game. So that's that's the big downside with the lizard team, in my opinion. That is true, but 
you still have to get through a wall of seven strength four and a strength five guy to do it. And all of those players are so fast. Even the big guys are movement six. That's very true. They are fast. And as you mentioned, it is so hard to get those blocks off in the first place. And I think that's what makes Lizards so good. They're uh, one of the best teams in the game, in my opinion. But really, their their weakness is that that low AG on everybody except the Skinks. So if you can mark Asaris, he's not going anywhere unless it's a Blitz. And that's really how you have to play against a Lizard team. Although, if you're a an AV7 team like mine, uh, marking those sources is not something to be taken lightly. I tell you what, when I was a Wood Elf team... <laughs> You're getting you're getting your three linemen and that's it. <laughs> and your blitz, of course. <laughs> I'm not touching these guys. Yeah, so they're they're um I don't want to say they're a simple team to play, but they're a straightforward team to play. Like it's it's very obvious where their strengths and their weaknesses lie. And uh generally speaking, you're just gonna bash down the pitch. You're gonna punch as many opposing players as you can and try to score. On defense, you're going to punch as many people as you can and try to get the ball back. You're just punching. You're <laughs> punching and chomping and eating. There's not a whole lot more to it. Yeah. Altogether, great team. Excellent team. Yeah. One of the, I might say, top three teams in the game of Blood Bowl. El Nuberino, currently in fourth place. Uh, El Nuberino. El Nuberino coached the Lizard team last season. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's War Horseman. <laughs> War Horseman currently in fourth place. With the Damage Dragons. He has a record of 2-0-2. Playing, um, by far, this is his best showing so far with the team. He's taken to Lizards pretty well. Uh, he has a, um, a tendency as a coach to take really big marks. To just take the marks and go after uh, coaches. Which I think I think that fits the Lizard style. Just not with the Skinks, right? Like, you don't... Skinks... Yeah, yeah those Skinks, you... you can get the assist with them. That's fine. And that should be what's happening. But you definitely just don't want to go toe to toe with a, another player when you're at a strength of two and an AV of seven, I think. Yeah. I feel like this uh, team definitely fits his coaching style though. And I think he'll do really well with them. I agree. I, I think he's, I think he's found his team and I'm excited to see where he goes with it as the competition in the season continues. Yeah, once he starts getting on or getting block on the sources, it's gonna be all over for us. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a sad day for all of us. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Dead Presidents. That's my team. That's an undead team. I'm playing undead this season. I haven't played undead probably in a decade and a half. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to get them to the table here. Undead teams are uh, are a bashy running team right they've got good strength they've got some uh some good players the mummies are are really nasty and they're just going to bash down pitch and try to take players off the pitch and especially because they too have a necromancer and when they kill players that are strength three or less with a few other caveats they will rise from the dead and play for my team which has happened twice already in this (laughs) competition i'm very pleased yeah, you're growing your team without spending money. It's great. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. You get a free lineman, a zombie in this case, out of it. And uh, I mean, why not, right? That's 40K that you've saved. And it's really funny to play with a player that your opponent used to have. <laughs> <laughs> the mummies are the big guys on an undead team. They have no nega traits. They have a strength of five and mighty blow with an AV of nine. Their stat line is three, five, one, nine. So they don't move very fast, but uh, 
Boy, Strength 5 and Mighty Blow is very, very scary, especially if you keep those mummies grouped together and they can just start uh, handing off assists to one another, right? So I personally think, and Absolutely. we see that... Yeah, we see that with one of my mummies already. I personally think picking up guard on a mummy is great. So they could just oh yeah dish out those hits. Yeah, guard on one, maybe block on the other, and mm. you can go to town. Yeah, strength five is very easy. So strength four is easy to get the two die blocks on on average players. Strength five is easy to get the three die blocks. And that's really I think really what you're looking for each and every turn with a mummy if you can if you can make it happen. Yeah, I was excited to see that Grover Cleveland uh, got a strength up. That's yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's a fun get on a zombie. <laughs> so we've talked about zombies on a necro team. Uh, Undead have access to zombies as well. Four three two eight is their stat line. They have regen. But yeah, I, I have a zombie who leveled up. He's now strength four. He's been working out. He doesn't have any muscle tissue left, but he's been working out. <laughs> I'll have to say though, I was kind of curious why you took uh, guard on. Uh, James Madison instead of yeah. Uh, so I feel I roll doubles on him, and I feel a ghoul with guard when you roll doubles is great. But man, it was such a hard decision because really, I think on a ghoul, uh, as we mentioned before with Necro, uh, you you want to get block right, like you want to have a blodger out of the gate. I just felt like I was wasting my double. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We'll see if he stays alive. <laughs> but uh, I think a ghoul yeah. with guard is really good because, uh, well, generally speaking, a ghoul with guards also going to have block. And then you can throw him in either to make a block or for the assist. And, and or rather, uh, you pull him in to make the block. And then in addition to that, he's going to make the assist with someone else. But yeah, we'll see if that was a mistake on my part or not. I just, I felt I rolled it. <laughs> so I took it. Yeah, I was just kind of curious because it seems like it's going to make him a huge target for yeah. people to first. Yeah, I think I think the idea with him is to maybe get him to score and hope for an MVP <laughs> and uh, <laughs> get him block as quickly as possible. Uh, the Whites are the Blitzers on an undead team. They have the block skill. 6338 is their stat line. As with Necro, everybody has regen except for the Ghouls, of course. There's one other player on a undead roster that I personally have never ever ever in my life found the use for and those are skeletons you can get a skelly man on your roster uh they trade what do they trade an av for a ma i think uh when compared to zombies you want to know what the skeleton is really good for i would love to know what the skeleton is good for the skeleton is your fowler fair enough fair enough <laughs> that, i just that extra movement gives them just a little more space to get in and get the fell Fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I would still never field one. <laughs> I, I would much rather have the AV8s, I, really. I mean, MA4 is not fast. MA5 is better. But I just, I need that AV, man. I need it. Especially after <laughs> playing Wood Elves last season, man. I need my AV. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, where are we? We're 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the division. So we've won one, we've lost one, we've drawled one. We've experienced all forms of success and failure. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the competition, the rest of the season. My next match is against the Dark Elves of uh, the Masters of Mammal. I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm excited to get my strength four Grover Cleveland into play. Try to Try to beat up on some elves. Oh man, this is going to be a really good match to watch. <laughs> uh, that'll be uh, 
tomorrow night at the time of recording here, but probably in the past, if you're listening to this. So I hope it was a good one. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, let's talk about the Baltimore Blitzers. This is coached by newcomer OG Flavortown, and this is a high elf team. First time we've seen high elves in the league. Yeah, high elves, they're an interesting team. I feel like they are the better humans, kind of like dark elves, but with a little more passing game. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that is true in every respect except for cost. Their their players are more expensive, right? Well, their linemen, I think. No, human linemen are 60K. So their linemen yeah. 70K. So it's a little more expense. Uh, but their their linemen have a stat line of six three four eight, which is not bad at all. Again, as a, as an elven team, they have access to that massive AG of four. If anyone levels up and gets an AG of five, it will be gross. <laughs> They're just really, really, really good stat lines. The downside to high elves is that they don't really start with any skills. Uh, the linemen have nothing. The blitzers have the block skill, but you're you're paying for that. You're paying thirty k for that block skill. The thrower yeah. has pass and, um, what does he have? Safe throw, I think. Pass and safe throw, but doesn't have sure hands. And then you have the catchers who have uh, catch as well. So just really not a lot of skills at TV 1000. Yeah, it's definitely a team that gets better as it goes. But I feel like with all that AG4 and all the AV8, it's just a really solid team to start with. I agree. And I, and I think because their thrower ends up with two throwing skills and everybody has AG4, you will see high elves almost always implement or execute on a passing game when they're on offense. I think that's really what they're doing. Yeah. On defense, I think they do the standard elven two deep column screen defense and just try to not get hit. They do have the AV8, which is nice. Um, they can apply similar pressure as the dark elves they just don't have the toolkit out of the box to like do tricky things like get a frenzy blitz on defense or something but i i think i think all the pieces are great you just have to mind your costs with a team like this yeah they're not quite as expensive as dark elves fortunately but yeah you you do really have to think about your treasury as you uh go through games yeah i think this is one of the uh one of the few team, well, every team needs to mind their their income, of course. But this is one of the few teams where I really think you need to think carefully when you level up a player. Like, do I want him to level up at all? And if I do, I need to. That skill needs to put in some work because it can very quickly spiral out of control, and you're giving you're giving up a wizard or worse to your opponents every single <laughs> week. Yeah. Fortunately, I think they all have general access, so you can get block on pretty much everybody the moment they level up, and that can go a long way towards helping their combat potential. Yeah, they all they all have access to the, the general skill set. That is true. OG Flavortown, he is currently um, 1-0-2 with this team. Uh, I think he's been putting in a good showing as a new as a new coach to the league, getting his footing with this high elf team. Uh, I expect as the weeks go on, he's just going to get better and better with them. Absolutely. Next up, let's talk about the Brewmeisters, coached by Malik, shall we? Malik's a veteran to the league. He has decided this season, or at least this competition, he's going to bring Chaos Dwarves. Chaos Dwarves won the league last season 
he said, I want to, I want to try my hand at that as well. He's picked up, uh, chaos dwarves. Chaos dwarves are dwarves, but chaotic. They have, <laughs> <laughs> they have access to, uh, Bull Centaurs, which I think are the stars of the show on this roster. The Bull Centaurs have a stat line of 6429. So a decent speed, great strength, um, and great AV as well. But man, they start off with Sprint and Sure Feet as well. Sprint lets them take three GFIs instead of two. Sure Feet lets them reroll a failed GFI. So really, they've got nine fairly safe MA on a turn. That's gutter runner territory but with a strength of four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like having a team of three gutter runners in one player. That's right. You can pick Except up two. they can't pass. <laughs> they can't pass. That's true. <laughs> the, uh, they only have an AG of two, so they're pretty bad ball carriers. But if you can get the ball into the hands of a bull centaur, they can be scary. Thick skull across the board on bull centaurs and chaos, chaos dwarf blockers for this roster. The chaos dwarf blockers, um, they are not your linemen, um, but they probably act as linemen on, on a team like this. They have a stat line of four, three, two, nine. They have block, tackle, and thick skull, pretty standard dwarven stuff. And then, of course, they have the hobgoblins. The hobgoblins have, uh, six, three, three, seven as their stat line. Uh, they come with no skills, but they're very cheap. They're at 40k. Malik has four of them. There is a big guy they have access to. Is there not? I believe he's called a Minotaur. Yep. And he is nasty. He is super nasty. Minotaurs cost 150, I believe. And uh, they are a frenzy player with horns. <laughs> I think they're frenzy with horns and muddy blow, right? I, I believe you're correct. Yeah, so... They get, they can just get in your face and beat you up. Uh, what's their nega trait? Wild animal. They are wild animals. So they have to be taking blitzes or blocks or else they have a 50-50 shot of not taking their action. But unlike boneheaded, at least they're not losing their tackle zones. So I think they're a really good big guy. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about the Chaos Dwarf team is both the Minotaur and uh, the Chaos Dwarf blockers have access to mutations on doubles. So <laughs> that can that can that, that can, can be, be really scary. something to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, mutation skills uh, have some of the best skills in the game, in my opinion, and consequently, not everybody has access to them. So uh, very, very scary if they can get uh, pluck some of those skills out for some of their players. I think Chaos Dwarves are basically dwarves with a different approach to their offense. Yeah. You know, they have these strong bull centaurs, strong minotaurs, um, but then they're also swapping out or swapping in some of the hobgoblins as well. So they have some strong players, but they also have some very brittle players. I think on offense, so they have these hobgoblins, right? I, I look at the stat line, I think ghoul, right? They have the bull centaurs, I think flesh golem. So I, I think they want to play a little more, uh, a little less like a dwarven team. So they've got more speed, right? They've got the bull centaur at six, they've got the hobgoblins at six. Uh, I think a minotaur is, is five. Um, mm -hmm. They got a little more speed than a dwarven team, uh, but they're still very resilient. And uh, I think instead of, we haven't talked about dwarves yet, but instead of just slowly 
plodding down the pitch with the cage. They want to play it maybe a little more, uh, a little more like my team, right? Where you have these positionals that can branch out and do a blitz or, or set up, uh, some pitch control somewhere where you gives you some options on where to go or, or pick off the defense. Um, I think that's how you see a chaos, a cast urban team played. We definitely saw Clypheus do that as much as possible last season. He was uh, an expert at picking off defenses, just kind of getting between players and the rest of their formation and effectively keeping them out for the rest of the drive. I think that's exactly how you play a Castorf team. Yeah. And the nice thing about those Castorf blockers, starting with tackle, is that you can really effectively screen out the ball uh, from any of the agility players because they won't be able to use their dodge against you. It's very true. Tackle negates dodge. There's uh, there are teams that do not like that. There's one team in particular that really doesn't like that. We'll talk about them <laughs> <laughs> in a second. Malik is currently sitting at a record of oh uh, one and two with this team, but uh, I think this is a team that gets better as it scales up. Malik has been playing Blood Bowl for a while now, and uh, I mean, I can't wait to see where this team goes. Yeah, he's playing me next week, and. Uh... He's going to be able to leverage a lot of that block and tackle. So <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's going to be looking to murder, murder at least one player on your roster. <laughs> he might find himself with a lot more SPP after the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scaven teams like gutter runners are, are the big red targets. Like if they are left alone, they're going to get punched. All right. Uh, the final team in Division A, the eighth team, this will be Cetra Skelly's coached by another newcomer, Amon Thot Epp. Um, this is a tomb, uh, a Kemri team, rather. I, I don't like Kemri. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of good things to say about Kemri teams. <laughs> so let's we'll yeah, talk about. It's, it's such a tough team to play. It is. They have, their big guys are the Tomb Guardians, right? So the Tomb Guardians are the most important players on their roster. They have uh, an MA of four, strength of five, AG of one, AV of nine. They don't have any appreciable skills to speak of. They do have regen. Everybody on the team has regen, but they their nega trait is decay, which makes injuries all the more worse. It's basically a double injury. They're great, right? It's you hard have... for them to get injured, at least. It is. It's, it is. They have AV nine. They have regen. But, uh, Man, strength five is really good. It, we talked about the strength five mummies on an undead team. Well, you get four strength five guys on a Camry team, four tomb guardians, really, really, really strong. I mean, you can create a whole cage of strength five. That's ridiculous. It's a big wall of hurt. <laughs> it is. Their weakness is their speed and their agility. They're not that fast. Tomb guardians are four uh, in MA and they have an AG of one. Everybody else on a Camry roster has an AG of two. Camry teams don't pick up the ball. They don't even know what the ball is. They, they they're <laughs> they're not even aware they're playing a, a ball sport, really. Um, and, it, and that if they pick it up, it's by accident. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the big weakness of Camry. Like you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about scoring touchdowns, and if you can't do that, <laughs> then it's really tough to win. <laughs> Uh, they do have the Blitzras. The Blitzras have block skill. They have a stat line of 6328. They have Throwas. Throwras. I keep calling them Throwas. Throwras. Those are their throwers. They have pass and, uh, well, no. They have pass, sure hands, and regen. They have a stat line of 6327. You might think, why do you have a passer on a, a low AG team? 
Sure hands. That's why. <laughs> that's why you have a, a thrower. You want to try to get as many, as many attempts to pick up the ball as possible. And then all they have after that are the skeletons. Five, three, two, seven is their stat line. We talked about them when we talked about undead. Uh, they don't start with any appreciable skills. They do have fixed skull. Uh, and of course they have regen, but, uh, man, I, I think this is, I think Camry's terrible. <laughs> I just think they're bad. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're tough. Um, <laughs> they, they can pass. I've seen it happen, <laughs> but, uh, it's not something that's going to happen often. And with all that AG two, it's so hard to move the ball with them. Yeah. Their, their whole, their whole roster revolves around those tomb guardians. Like you have to, you have to be an expert at caging to play a Camry team. Like you've got to know uh, what you can get away with to protect your ball carrier. And then you've got to open up those holes and, and move that cage. You don't have a lot of speed. You do have a lot of strength. Uh, once you pick up the ball, you count your blessings and you hold on to it for dear life. Because if you lose it, there's no guarantee you're ever going to pick it up again. So it's a, it's a really tough team to play. And because they have regen, any team that has regen doesn't have an apothecary. So just a really tough team to play, in my opinion. Really, really difficult. Yeah, I agree. Cetraskelis have yet to get their first win in the division. Amanthadep, new to the league, might be new to the game, but I, even if he's not, I am not surprised with uh, a record. Like, Kemri's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, playing a stunty team, but with more strength. Yeah, it's really hard to play a Kemri team. So I commend him for uh, picking it up and taking it in this competition. We'll see if he sticks with it the whole season or not, if he's going to switch in the next competition, if he competes in the next competition, that is. Over in Division B, we have eight more teams currently sitting undefeated. The one undefeated team in that division, 4-0-0 after week four. Doug the Minotaur returns with the Dinnerbell Darlings. They are a dwarven team. What do dwarves do? Dwarves bash. That's what dwarves do. <laughs> Look at all that block. <laughs> <laughs> and tackle. Tackle. Yes, that's right. All the Longbeards have tackle. Everybody has block on this roster uh, except for runners and I guess I guess death rollers. And we'll talk about oh, man. I got a bone to pick with death rollers, but uh, <laughs> the, I think he could afford one now if he wanted. He could. <laughs> <laughs> so their linemen are the Longbeards. Their stat line is four three two nine. Like dwarves are very slow teams. Super slow. They have decent strength. Their AG is not great, but they're not Camry. And they have uh, an AV of nine plus thick skull. This makes that plus block. This makes them super, super resilient. Like if you can take a dwarf off the, off the pitch, you cheer, you throw a party. All the long beards come with tackle. That's great against those, uh, high agility teams. Great against, uh, teams with the dodge skill or, right? You know, high agility team. If they don't come with dodge, uh, they'd like to take dodge. Um, great against Amazons. They're just, man, they're just a pain in the butt to deal with. Blitzers on this roster, they have uh, the block skill. 5339 is their stat line. They have a little bit better AG. In fact, I would call that average AG. So that's that's pretty great. The Troll Slayers are really good. They are uh, a frenzy player. They have Dauntless and Block with a stat line of 5328. Doug the Mintar is fielding one of those. Dauntless means that if he goes up against a player who has a higher strength, 
than him. He rolls a d6. He adds that to his strength. If it meets or exceeds his opponent's strength, then he matches their strength. And what all that means is it's very easy for him to get a two-die block. He just typically needs one assist to do it, no matter what the strength is of the opposing player. And if that weren't bad enough, he's got Frenzy. So he's going to get two blocks. Yeah. And they're like the speediest on the roster too, or among the speediest on the yeah, roster. Yeah, not quite the speediest. That would be the runner. And he has uh, one runner on his roster. That's Kevin Bacon himself. Uh, he has a stat line oh, of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the runners have a stat line of 6338. They come with sure hands, which is great. As the name suggests, they tend to be the runner on a Dwarven team. And that's it. But that's fine because they'll pick up block as their first skill. And Doug the Minotaur, in fact, did just that. And he rolled very well on his next level up. And now his runner, Kevin Bacon, has a strength of four. What a nasty, what a nasty player. <laughs> not a problem at all, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm glad he's not in my division. <laughs> There's one more, one more player for Dwarven teams that we'll talk about, the big guy, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Dwarven teams are, are sort of the canonical bashy team. They, they move and bash. Uh, they don't have any speed. They do have great block skills. You'll see them pick up uh, guard a lot. In fact, Doug the Mintar has picked up three players now with the guard skills so they can help each other get those assists. Because they're not fast, because they're good on blocking, they want to stay grouped together. They want to get those assists. That's why you'll see guard picked up and they will just punch. They will punch, 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 move that cage down the pitch slowly, but surely. On defense, they don't stand such a great chance against really fast teams. I think elven teams, I think skaven teams uh, do great against dwarves, at least on defense. Um, and so you'll see a dwarven team, in my opinion, want to go after uh, key blitzes, right? They're trying to actually give themselves an advantage on, advantage on the pitch uh, so that when they score, they can come out ahead. Um, you'll see them often win with a 2-1 grind. There's really not a lot to dwarves, in my opinion, other than bash. You won't see them pass. Bash and run is really what they do, unless you, you know of a different strategy. I can't say I do. <laughs> Taking players off the pitch is just one of those things that they do really well. And with yeah. this much guard, and I, I have a feeling he's going to get more. He's going to be a real force to contend with for anyone. He is. Doug the Minotaur has proven himself to be a great coach, and he is coaching a great team as well. I think dwarves are uh, are a great team in Blood Bowl. Their big downside, so their down, their normal downside is that they're slow, but they have a positional that I think is dumb, <laughs> and that's the death. <laughs> that's the death roller. So I I think a death roller. So a death roller is something like a hundred seventy k. It's insanity. It's so expensive. So. Imagine a big like steamroller with spikes on it, right? That's their big guy. They have Juggernaut. They have Mighty Blow. They have Stand Firm. It's easy for to get them to get the three die blocks with a strength of seven, even without an assist. Uh, sometimes, anyway. But they can't catch the ball because they're too busy driving this this Death Roller. But most importantly, they're a secret weapon, so they only get one drive on the pitch. I feel that is too much money for one for one drive. Yeah, although when when it's the dwarf's offensive drive it's not bad because they're gonna take a long time to get down the pitch anyways and i don't know i think it could be really fun to be smashing stuff along with that while you're protecting your cage oh i think it's, it's a, a, a whole really fun piece <laughs> but yeah 
I don't know if it's worth the worth the money. I, I do take your point. Maybe if you're coming out of the first half one to one, you can bring out a death roller in the second half if you're on offense and you can all but guarantee your win. Uh, or maybe you use the death roller on the drive where scoring is not a guarantee. Maybe you do it in that first half and um, that allows you to get that crucial score you need so you can win with a two one grind. I could see it being used that way as, as well. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the best piece that the dwarves have, but it's certainly a fun piece. That it is. Uh, as we mentioned, Doug, the Minotaur currently undefeated. The first score was made against him in week four. The first touchdown that somebody <laughs> scored this season against this Dwarven team. I think Dwarves are an excellent team. I think Doug the Minotaur is going to do very well with them. And I look forward to more matches. I don't look forward to playing them, but I look forward to more matches. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have That's Kind of Catchy, coached by Sweet Bunny. Uh, this is a dark elf team. We've already discussed uh, dark elves in general. Uh, Sweet Bunny, a little bit of a mystery, right? We haven't seen any of their games on stream. At least I haven't. No. Um, yeah. yeah. they. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, me too. Uh, they did pick up a witch elf, so they do have a witch elf on the roster. They leveled them up, picked up the block skill. Remember, the, the witch elves have frenzy and uh, jump up. Uh, they also have dodge. And now with the block skill, that makes them a blodger, which is great. It's a fantastic piece to have on the roster. He has two blitzers, one who's taken the tackle skill. He got Russell on a lineman. What do you think about that pickup? I think that's a wonderful pickup for a lineman. Like- and why is that? Well, if you're facing someone with block, instead of, as opposed to taking block, the lineman is someone you're going to have up on the on the line at the beginning of the drive to take a hit. And instead of taking that both down, where both coaches hit each other, you're taking them down with you and no armors rolled. It saves them from getting hit. I think it's a great skill. Yeah, I think Russell's a great skill as well. I think Russell's even better on... Uh... Fragile players, because uh, for exactly the reason you mentioned, uh, if you have an AV7 lineman, like a Wood Elf team, you pick up Russell on a both down result, you can just both lie down and stare at the sun. Um, <laughs> and and crucially, you're not making that armor roll, because that's what you're afraid of, is is that, that armor roll. He picked it up here. I think that suggests that that lineman will be playing on the line, but we'll see. We have yet to see him play. <laughs> so... <laughs> The other good use of a, a wrestle player is if a blodger that you're going up against has the ball and you want to take them down. That's an excellent point. Russell's yeah, a good way to go. That's a that's a fantastic point. Yeah. You go against a blodger, you get that both down result. Well, sorry, you're going down with me. And that ball's going somewhere. Uh, and more importantly, when you go down with the wrestle skill, it's not a turnover. So that's that would be exactly. a, huge, a huge use of wrestle. It's a good point. Uh, we haven't seen him play, but he's been doing very well so far. He's 2-1-1, one, and one, got his first loss here in week number four. I'm excited to see him play. I say him. I don't know who they are. I'm excited to see they play. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always down to see some Dark Elf shenanigans. I'm always down for, for Elven BS, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping we both make it into the finals so we can have a bunny mirror match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm now hoping for that too. <laughs> uh, next up we have Nick 
Satan's team, the Carnivores. Very, very interesting team he picked. He picked uh, Kislev Circus, also known as Slam. Nick Satan was the season one champion. Boy, Kislev is... Uh, so I'll, you know, cards on the table. I don't think Kislev's a good team either. Um, but they are a very interesting team, right? They are defined by everyone having, everyone having leap. So you can imagine them as acrobats. Uh, they can leap everywhere. It's very, very, very hard to pin down a Kislev team. Uh, I guess really they're also defined by very long legs. That makes leap all the better, right? As opposed to say a wood elf line, uh, what I was going to say a wood elf line dancer. A wood- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a different positional <laughs> what else war dancer <laughs> so this allows him to kind of just kind of get wherever he needs to go it's very hard to pin them down if you imagine a war dancer which we'll talk about when we get to uh, dead fred's team man once they've gotten down pitch you've got to dedicate a lot of players to preventing them from continuing to move forward right because they can just leap out of the way and keep on moving uh, it's the same yeah. here for this Kislev team. The problem with that is that this is an agility role. The whole team hinges on everybody doing agility roles. And that you are, you are tempting fate with Neville when you do that. <laughs> True. But like having the very long legs makes it definitely safer, but still yeah (laughs) very very there are a lot of dice to roll yeah uh they do have the linemen there's 60k which i think is a great price for what you get you get 6338 you get leap and very long legs they're very good linemen in my opinion you have the blitzers nick satan's brought three of them they have of course leap and very long legs but they also have jump up and diving tackle so jump up was a skill i confused earlier that's uh where you can stand up without having to spend MA. Typically, it costs three MA to stand up when you're prone. Players with jump up don't have to spend any at all. This is really, really good for a player like a blitzer who, in lieu of a catcher, might be your ball carrier. Or even if he's if he's actually your blitzer, right? He's a guy who, when he gets knocked down, you, you haven't cut his movement in half. He stands right back up and can get somewhere. I think this is really good. And it means if he gets knocked down, he can make a block Typically, when you're prone, all you can do is blitz if you're going to roll black dice. Not with a player with jump up. You have to get through an agility roll first. But if you do, you get to take a block from being prone. I think that's very, very powerful. Absolutely. And really nice thing about the blitzers is their skill access as well. They've got uh, general agility and strength access. So you can really customize them to suit your play style. Everything with passing. That's great. Yeah, really, really well-rounded piece. And uh, I think they're good bang for your buck as well. You can bring four of them, I believe, on a, on a roster. So, uh, yeah, excellent pieces on this Kislev team. Excellent pieces in general. They also have Diving Tackle, which I don't think is... It's a fine skill. I don't think it's that great of a skill. But generally, if a pass is inaccurate, they get to they get to, to catch the ball. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Diving Catch. Ignore <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was going to say uh, diving tackle actually is a really good skill to have in this this season so far with all the agility teams around. That's going to be something to watch out for. Yeah, I I agree. Diving tackle lets you follow up if somebody tries to dodge out. That's great. But it takes two away from their dodge roll. So it's it's making like pretty much everyone really have to roll carefully. 
Right, right. You, you imagine it as literally a diving tackle, right? The the players grabbing your ankles. It's making it that much harder to dodge, and they're going to be in the space you left. Uh, I think the Blitzers are the best pieces on this Kislev team. They do have uh, two more players. Nick Satan only has one. They have the catcher. The catcher has a stat line of seven two four seven. Typical of a catcher, right? They're fast. They're weak. They're fragile. AG4 is fantastic. As usual, they have leaping very long legs, but they have diving catch as well. Uh, and uh, that's a skill that's okay, I guess. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it, uh, it gives you a plus one to your catches. Yeah. If, it, if it's inaccurate, isn't it? It gives you a plus one to the catch if the catch is accurate. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So it gives you a plus one to your catches, which is good. Because passing is very risky inherently, so you'll take all the advantage you can get on a pass. It also allows you to catch a ball that uh, would otherwise land in a space adjacent to the catcher. And it's fine. Because he has diving catch on the piece at level one, I think it's fine. I don't, I don't see a real use for it if, say, you were to level up and took diving catch, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, a, that's okay. It's good. He's he's leveled up one. Ca- he has two catchers. He's leveled up one with dodge, and he's leveled up one with pass. So he is threatening that passing game, and he can very he can very well do that, right? He's he effectively has a thrower and a receiver. So we'll see if he uh, gets any advantage out of that. The final the final piece that this Kislev team has is a is a big old circus bear, and. Uh, <laughs> Nick Satan has elected not to take one on his roster. They are uh, identical to Croxes, to the Croxagore on the lizard team. Uh, do you see use for the lizard, uh, for the lizard bear? The lizard bear? You know what? I'm calling it the lizard bear from now on. Do you see any use for the lizard bear on the Kislev team? I feel like it's a nice piece to have on the line to uh, tie things up, make it a little easier to uh, keep the other team from coming after the rest of yours. So it's, it's not crucial, but... I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah, because he's relying on all of these leaps. He has four rerolls. He started the team with four rerolls. And normally I'd say that's too much, but you know what? For this team, go for it. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I I think four is probably the minimum for this team. Yeah, yeah. Uh that said, he's doing very well with this team currently in third place with a record of two, one and one. Good for him. I mean, that's nothing but kudos, right? I think this is a bad team. And he is yeah. coaching it very well. I I feel like it starts out bad, but can get really good pretty fast. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, Nick Satan, again, a uh, season one champion. So not a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. He's taking uh, what I consider a bad team and, and making good use out of it. So I, I look forward to seeing what he does as it levels up, just so long as I'm not playing him. <laughs> Next up is Donkey Teeth, coached by Dead Fred. This is a Wood Elf team. We saw Wood Elves last season. Um, they have, uh, they, uh, man, elves with an AG of four. They are defined by their war dancer, though, right? So everybody has AG four because elves. They're war dancers at level one. Uh, I have to ask the audience to sit down for this because you might, you <laughs> might, <laughs> you might fall down when you hear. But they come with block and dodge, and leap. Eight movement, four agility, strength three. They start as blodgers. They have leap. We've talked about leap with the Kislev team. These are the stars of the show, 
and one of the very best positionals, one of the very best pieces in the entire game of Blood Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, and get your sure hands ready, because we've got a cage buster with strip ball now. Yes, indeed. You will see for one of, you don't need it on both, but for one of the war dancers, you are almost certainly going to see strip ball taken as the first skill. And that is because uh, they are great cage busters. So you imagine leap, right? Leap lets you jump two spaces away. Think of it as like a teleport. It's a jump, but for the purposes of mechanics. So imagine a tight cage. Imagine a four-point cage. You can move a player into position orthogonally to that cage where that one player is marking the entire side of the cage, right? So now those two players are not lending assists anymore. Now, that's still difficult to bust that cage. That's why a cage is, a, is such a great tactic, because if you want to go after the ball carrier, you'd still need to dodge in. And if the ball carrier has a strength of three, now you're getting a one-die block, and this is this can be really tricky to do, but not for the war dancer. The war dancer doesn't have to dodge in at all. He can leap in, or I should say jump in. No, it's leap. Skills leap. He can leap in. He has block and dodge. This makes him very resilient as a player. Block uh, is great on making blocks. And if you pick up strip ball, now the uh, the push result is great for you because any sort of knockdown or a push is going to result in that ball getting stripped out of the hands of the ball carrier. This is such a scary skill that if you're up against a Wood Elf team, you almost certainly have to take sure hands because sure hands negate strip ball. Everybody else on this roster is alignment except for the catcher. I think... I think on a Wood Elf team, you pick up two war dancers. That's the maximum you can pick up. I think you absolutely do that. Everybody else is up to you. You can pick, mix and match any other team you want. For Dead Fred, he has mostly linemen. The linemen have no skills, but 7347 is not a bad stat line. Strength 3 is great, or Strength 3 is average, but uh, Strength uh, AG4 is great. And MA of 7, also great. So very fast, very agile, and they're not too expensive for what they are. They are 70k. That's kind of expensive for a lineman. I would say Wood Elves, all of their players are on the the high side in terms of expense. You need to manage your money with this team or else you can find yourself very quickly just not having enough players, right? You can end up in a death spiral where you never get a full roster back. He did pick up a catcher. <laughs> Grunky Peep picked up a catcher. <laughs> his catcher, uh, not his catcher, but Wood Elf catchers in general, they have catch, dodge, and sprint. Sprint is the skill that gives you the three GFIs. Not bad for catchers, right? They have a stat line of eight, two, four, seven. Pretty good. He picked up, uh, he leveled them up, picked up the guard skill as well. I think that's a fine pickup. Yeah. I don't know if I would have gone guard on a strength two player, but, you know, fair enough. What would you have picking up? Pick it, picking up? What I, would you have <laughs> I probably would have gone with block just to make them a little harder to take down but maybe guard isn't a bad thing for someone who can get pretty much anywhere on the pitch yeah i i like uncatcher so i didn't i had a wood elf team last season i didn't have any catchers but i like dauntless on a catcher um because oh, now yeah. i now i can make blocks that's actually a really good choice yeah what else do what else have what else have throwers they're pretty standard throwers they have the pass skill they're not bad and uh and then, of course, they have the Treemen, right? Those are the big guys. The Treemen are, in my opinion, I know a certain coach in the league disagrees with me, <laughs> but <laughs> I think they're one of the best big guys in the game. Uh, they can't move. They have an MA of two, but they have a strength of a million, and they could murder everyone, right? They stand firm. They have mighty blow. Their, neg their negatrade is take root. That means uh, 
eventually they're just going to stay put for the rest of a drive. But holy moly, they can pitch control and blocks. They're awesome. I think uh, crucially for the Wood Elf team, if they do take them, their armor value is through really the good. roof. Yeah, it's AV10. Yeah, that that would save you so many linemen getting killed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, my 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 issue with Wood Elf positionals is that the linemen are just so good on their own, and everybody's so expensive. I don't know if I want to pick up the positionals. You can pick up the positionals because they're cheaper at level one than saying level up a lineman to get the same skills. But man, I just personally, I just love two ward answers and the rest linemen. Like everybody's a threat <laughs> on this team. Yeah, it's definitely a team that can bloat in team value pretty quickly. That's very true. I know that firsthand. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> yep. Uh, it's a team. This is another team where you have to be very, very cognizant of the value of your team. And you can't be afraid to fire players because if you don't, you will quickly or you can quickly find yourself uh, just handing free money over to each and every opponent you're up against. And uh, that's not a good thing. Although generally with AV7 across the board, uh, firing is not how most of the players retire. (laughs) Touche, sir. Touche. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of, lots of friends will be uh, going to the grave on this team, but, (laughs) <laughs> R.I.P. Beller Nylon. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> uh, with despite that fragility, I think Wood Elves are a very good team in Blood Bowl. Not the best, but certainly certainly in the upper echelon of teams, in my opinion. Dead Fred's been doing very well with them so far. He has a record of two zero and one. I think uh, on offense, you do whatever you want. You can run and you can pass. Right, everybody has an AG of. For whether you have a catcher or a thrower, or you've skilled up a lineman to fill in those roles, you can pass all day. Uh, ward answers make excellent ball carriers. On defense, you're probably just trying to survive. You're just not giving up the blocks to your opponent. Uh, if you win the coin toss, you're going to be on defense in the first half because that guarantees you have a full 11 man roster, which you I promise you, you will not have in the second half of the game. But yeah, a, a very solid team, and and Dead Fred's been having success with them so far. Dead Fred, a veteran coach, very good at the game of Blood Bowl. I look forward to seeing how he plays this Wood Elf roster. Already, it's going to be different than the poor showing I had. Um, he does have the catcher. <laughs> and that was hardly a poor showing. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, I do look forward to seeing uh, what he does with his team. I, I like Wood Elves because they're just so... You look at them and you're like, what am I supposed to do against them? <laughs> and the answer is usually just punch them in the nose. <laughs> punch them in the nose. That's what you do. They'll go down. Don't worry. And then foul. <laughs> Can't forget <laughs> the fouling. If you can get a foul on a ward answer, you you take it. You take it. <laughs> or stab. That's very Stabbing's true. Stabbing's always a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> in fifth place in Division B, we have Skitter Twitch Die Die, coached by Berserker Tempest. This is another Skaven team, one of three that we're going to see in the competition. We've talked about Skaven. Uh, what do you think about his roster? He's got four gutter runners. He currently has one injured. Um, two Storm Vermin. Uh, he has a thrower, and the rest are linemen. I'd say that's pretty standard. What do you think about his roster, and what do you think about his play so far? This is normally the roster I would have gone with in the past, but I think I like the Rat Ogre now. So, uh, I mean, you can do so much with four gutter runners. <laughs> it's like you basically uh, click the ball, 
click the end zone and you win. But, uh, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> sometimes dealing with uh, all that strength that the other coaches have can be a problem. That said, still the first person to uh, score on Doug, so he's doing good. That's right. Yeah, he's the only one who's been able to score on that Dwarven team. He does have Mighty Blow on a Storm Vermin. I think that's a solid pickup, personally. I think that's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. One of his gutter runners is a Blodger. I think you will see most of these gutter runners become Blodgers. He did pick up Wrestle on one of the gutter runners. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's great. Kind of dodge yourself in, wrestle against the ball carrier, and got a good chance of taking him down. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, not a lot of block on a Skaven roster, as we mentioned. Berserker Tepes has been trying to uh, remedy that by picking up block, not just on the one gutter runner. He picked it up on a lineman as well. I think block is almost universally a good pickup on a lineman. That makes your yeah. blocks that much more uh, potent, and it makes you that much more resilient when you're eating a block. So uh, he's been coaching this team very well. I, I yeah, He's new and- to the league. He's new to the league, but I don't think he's new to Blood Bowl, and I think it shows. Yeah, and I feel like the Skaven team has been a really good match for him so far. Mm-hmm. I look forward to more out of this team. The next up is the league champions team. This is Clypheus. He also, with an interesting pick here, he's picked up uh, the Bretonians. And uh, I also think they're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're that great of a team, but uh, Clypheus is an excellent coach. You know, we'll see where he takes it. Uh, he has three blitzers. The blitzers come in at a stat line of seven three three eight. They have block, they have catch, they have dauntless. We talked about how how great dauntless is. Block, of course, a great skill that most blitzers have. These are decent pieces, right? These are these are pretty good pieces. They're they're a little expensive, I think, but otherwise yeah. decent pieces. Yeah. You're really paying for some skills that you're maybe not going to use in a <laughs> in a standard game. Yeah, pretty expensive pieces. He does have the blockers. The blockers have wrestle, which we've discussed. They trade one MA for a wrestle skill. They have six three three eight. He has the linemen. So the linemen are really defined by the fend skill. So fend uh, allows, or, or rather, prevents an opponent from following up if you if you trigger fend which i think is a great skill i think fend's a a marvelous skill for pitch control yeah Um, yeah this really is a pitch control team altogether with the fend and the block and wrestle gonna be uh frustrating a lot of opponents rather than just like playing like normal i guess (laughs) yeah uh, we talked about Clypheus when we talked about the Chaos Dwarf team coached by Malik. This this is a pitch control team. Uh, Brett is a pitch control team. Clypheus is a pitch control coach. So it definitely matches his play style. He's been struggling a bit with Brett, but I don't think it's any fault of his own. I think Brett's really hard. <laughs> I think they're, they're a <laughs> tough team. I think you make a great point with those blitzers. Like, there's a lot of TV going into not getting a commensurate gain out of it. I think the linemen are great and they're really cheap. You know, 6327 is their yeah. stat line, but 40k, that's I mean, that's nothing. Yeah, that's like what zombie territory or yeah, that's, goblin territory. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. A zombie's 40k. Uh you, the blockers if you fell with them, you're getting your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh I think the blockers are uh I don't know. The blockers are okay. I think I'd rather have block on them but i I don't know once they once they level up you can pop block on them pretty easily i think sure sure but you you gotta level up to get there you know (laughs) so fair enough (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I think this is one of the more difficult teams to coach. Not as difficult as Camry, but uh, still yeah. up there. And we've seen Calafia struggle with this team. Uh, has a record of 1-0-2. But again, an excellent coach and a pitch control coach. So uh, I look forward yeah. to once he starts skilling this team up, where they can go. I think they're I think they're probably their weakest at low TV. Oh, absolutely. I kind of feel like the blockers are there just to make up the difference between the wonderful blitzers and the kind of eh linemen so yeah fair enough fair enough uh next up is Coda di topo we haven't seen much from this team either this is coached by chime another newcomer to the league another skaven team we've talked about skaven twice now this is the third skaven team in this competition four gutter runners on the roster one thrower and a, a bunch of linemen only has one storm vermin i would have thought he'd pick up two uh what do you think about his roster here um missing a storm vermin is definitely tough that that block is something that you absolutely want all the time. Well, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, the Storm Vermin, as we mentioned with your team, they're the only players that start with block on a Skaven team. Yeah, but I feel like Skaven are a pretty solid team no matter what. Even if they lose a couple, as long as they have a couple gutter runners, they're in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. A top team. One of the gutter runners, he picked up strip ball, so that's going to be his uh, cage buster. Uh, and he has a thrower as well. We haven't seen a lot from this coach, so I'm not sure how they play. I They have a massive four rerolls. I think that's a lot. Yeah, it's more than I usually go with, but it's a little bit of insurance. So it can't is. go wrong with that. Sure, you'll you'll take an extra reroll. It is counting against his TV, however. Currently in seventh place with a record of 0-1-2. Again, we really haven't seen much from this coach, but it is a Skaven team. And uh, I look forward to seeing more. The final team... In this Chaos Cup, the Season 3 Chaos Cup is coached by Merrick. It is the Themyscira Turvigans and another interesting team. He's picked up an Amazon team. So typically you've heard me say interesting as a euphemism for bad. I don't think Amazons are bad. They are interesting and I think they're hard to play. Merrick has picked them up for uh, for this competition. I feel like they're better than you might think. Mm. Having uh, four blodgers to start out with is yes. pretty great. They've got passing skills and all the line women with uh, dodge for only 50k. Pretty mighty. Yeah, so Amazon's every single player has a stat line of 6337 and the dodge skill. They're defined by the dodge skill. Dodge lets you re-roll a dodge. It also allows you to stand up or to stay standing on a defender stumbles result when you eat a block. The Blitzers start as blodgers, like a war dancer. They have block and blitz, and you get four of them. You only get two war dancers. You get four Amazon Blitzers. They are absolutely the star of the show on the roster, and you're going to win or lose games based on how you use your Blitzers. And remember, the line women, same stat line, everybody has dodge. They're one skill away from being a blodger. So you skill up these players, and... Man, you're going to have a hard time taking him down. Yeah, just a few games in and they can be super nasty. He has uh, he has a thrower and a catcher as well. The throwers come with dodge and, uh, and pass. And the catchers come with dodge and catch. Uh, he's leveled up his thrower with accurate. That's going to give him a plus one on his passes. That's not bad at all. Um, very fragile team, uh, or fairly fragile team with an AV of seven across the board. Dodge is a very interesting skill to have across the board. And then again, there's four blitzers. That's the, that's the key. I think with Amazons, 
their strategies, they have, because everything hinges around the Blitzers, you have to be very aware of your matchups, right? So uh, Amazon versus Dwarf is a terrible matchup for the Amazon team. And I think in a matchup like that, you need to be aware that your Blitzers are going to win or lose the game for you. So you really need to make very important, very difficult decisions turn after turn as to where your blitzers want to be and what they're going to do. If you lose them, if they get tied up, you don't have much left. You're just going to take punches. Whereas opposed to uh, an agility team, you want to be leveraging your blitzers in in key ways, right? Do I take the key blitz? Do I take certain marks? Uh, where can I reposition them to shut down the like a, a wood elf, you know, flooding the pitch with, with receivers or how do I shut down a gutter runner? Um, I really think it all hinges around these blitzers. Yeah. And with all that dodge, they can do some interesting things with pitch control where you can really make it difficult for the other team to move more than one space in a turn. Mm-hmm. Dodge. Uh, allows you to reposition um, a lot, e- a dodge across the board even allows you to reposition your team a lot easier than than other, really any other team. Well, I don't know about any other team, but it's a, it's a good, it's a handy skill to have. Dodge and block are probably the two most important skills in Blood Bowl, in my opinion. And you start with one of them on everybody. So, and then you start with two of them on four of the, of your players. So that's a pretty strong thing to start with. It just, it gets tricky, right? It gets tricky when it comes down to those blitzers and... It comes down to the blitzers, not just because they're your blodgers, but because everyone else is AV7. So as you start to lose players, you're going to need to ensure that you're getting good actions off each turn, actions that can convert into something. And it's just a lot easier to do that with a blitzer than, say, a line woman. Four team rerolls. That's a lot of team rerolls. Yeah. And this is one team where I'd say that it's not as necessary since... Everybody has the dodge skill to give them basically a free reroll on the dodge. So that, that might be a little bit of bloat there. Yeah. And I can't remember his games, I but I have to imagine it's been working against them. It's a little bit of extra money that he's giving away to other teams that will just, uh, if he's not careful, that can compound. So I think he... I think he probably wants to stay at four rerolls and, and be cool. Yeah. <laughs> if he really wants another reroll... He can pick up leader, but even then, I think that's going to blow. I I just felt bad facing uh, the dinner bell darling so early on. That was uh, just yeah. <laughs> that's that's the worst matchup in the in the game. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yep, uh, by far the Amazon's worst matchup, and perhaps even the worst matchup in the game. It, it, <laughs> we knew going into it, it was going to be a massacre. <laughs> it did not disappoint. <laughs> But it's over now. He's got it out of the way, at least for this competition. <laughs> at least for open play, that is. Currently uh, looking for his first win, but Merrick's a great coach. A tough team here that'll only get better as he skills it up. I imagine we're going to see a whole bunch of blodgers on this on this roster before long. And then, oh, yeah. and then we're going to be cursing his name. A, a couple hundred TV up, Amazons really start to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your impressions of uh, the Chaos Cup so far? We're, we're into week four. How do you think the games have been going? I feel like this has been the most entertaining competition that we've seen so far. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of the games. Yeah, it is our biggest competition so far. It's been, uh, I think, the most skillful. Like We've seen lots of 
great plays, great coaches. We've seen exciting matches. It's just really fun to see people get into Blood Bowl and, and share the game with them. And uh, what a fun game it is. And this this competition has been reflecting, I think, just how fun Blood Bowl can be. It's such a fun game. We have such a wide variety of teams in this competition. And we're seeing so many, even a wide variety of coaches with their, their own strategies. We're seeing so many different things. We're seeing plays where we're like, why did he do that? Oh, that's why he did that. That's so smart. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the level of skill has just skyrocketed since the last season. And it's so much fun to see coaches play some less bashy, bashy games and do really well. Agreed. I look forward to more. Well, thanks for joining me, Artificial Bunny. Will you be back next week? I certainly hope so. All right, then I'll see you next week. That'll do it for this episode. You can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash avaunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number two. And watch archive games on YouTube at Blood Bowl M-A-M-L. Be sure to check us out on the web at mammal.club. That's M-A-M-L dot C-L-U-B. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore mammal, or on Facebook at Blood Bowl Mammal. Play Blood Bowl! You can play Blood Bowl online via Cyanide Studios Blood Bowl 2, or in tabletop form via your friendly local game store. Be kind to each other. Forgive everyone. Praise Nuffle! And may he bless your dice.